Welcome to the Results Fastcast, the podcast created by personal trainers to help and support our clients by providing useful and applicable information to all things related to exercise, nutrition, and lifestyle. We will be discussing about how to get fantastic results at all levels, from beginners to advanced, as well as discussing news, current affairs, and how to understand what is the best path for you. My name is Ian Mellis, and I have been a personal trainer for close to 20 years now. Um, I own a business called Results Fast, based in Ware, Hertfordshire, where we train people one-to-one and in small groups. Um, I'm joined today by Io Williams of Achieve Your Objective Training and Nutrition. He specialises in helping dads in their 40s get lean, lose their stomach fat, and restore their energy in just 30 minutes per day. Right. Uh, good afternoon, Io. Good afternoon. How you doing? Afternoon, Ian. I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, so, a bit of a change up of what we're doing today. Um, with you know, well, this is normally a podcast, but at the moment we're live streaming on Facebook. So, uh, because of that, we might have some live questions. Um, might make the podcast a little bit more um, interactive. Um, I'm going to be honest decided to do this about 20 minutes ago so um this could be a complete uh disaster um no if this is even know. working do we no 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 i just um yeah i just you know someone's going to probably answer or some, ask us something that we can't answer but there we go who makes yeah. uh you know adds a, adds a different dynamic to the podcast you know always all evolving an experiment, mate. it's all an experiment um <laughs> so um what we're going to discuss uh today um bit of a random topic um just the future of fitness and nutrition um read an article the other day that sort of said online fitness has jumped about you know 10 20 years um into the future over the last year primarily because of the uh, pandemic and people having to adapt their approaches um you know basically to their own health to their own fitness and also how the fitness industry has had to adapt adapt to first of all stay in business but secondly, also to um, serve their clients as well. So, um, you know, today's sort of podcast is more of a sort of a general, right? You know, let's have a look at what's useful now, what we're using, um, you know, where we are, what hopefully is going to improve over the next few years as we go on. Um, what, you know, what stuff may be a little bit iffy. Um, and basically, you know, how, you know, how, you know, what things can help you sort of now to go on. So, um, Io, for instance, what 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 uh, tech is useful now in your mind? What stuff have you uh, you know seen or used that you think is useful that people can have a look at? I think uh, we all have a mobile phone with us all the time now, so the most useful stuff is the stuff which is easiest to use and and you do use. So the health app um, on the Apple on the Apple phones is extremely useful for a lot of people. I found um, you have similar. Uh, apps on the on the android versions so the health health app where they track your steps you know you can look at your movement you can look at your sleep patterns extremely useful for a lot of people uh, lots of wearables again i have i have a garmin uh, many of my clients have garmins uh the apple watch uh, but it's all about having an eye on certain data metrics which can actually help you now you can overdo it and you can get lost in the data but on, a, on a, at a simple level tracking your steps over a 
over a number of days, over a few weeks, you can see trends and you can do something to address that. It just gives you, you know, informs you. You can record your workouts. Uh, you can look at how far you're going, how fast you've gone. You can look at your heart rate, things like that. And it's all become a lot easier now. You can get relatively accurate heart rate through your wrist now. Uh, that was impossible uh, when these things first came out and uh, it's getting better. So all of these things I've found uh, are really useful for a mm. lot of people. I, I sort of look at it as sort of like, you know, that we're in a world obsessed with data for everything. Um, we've got so much data, um, yet, you know, so little action on stuff, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's, you know, if you can measure it, people are trying to do it. But I've always been more interested in what comes, you know, the, the doing, if that makes sense, because uh, I, th I think it's a world obsessed with analytics at the moment, isn't it, with a lot of the uh, wearables. Um, but then sort of some of them are sort of like, you know, incredibly interesting, aren't they? That, you know, they're talking about the new Apple Watch, you know, being able to measure blood oxygen levels and stuff like that, which, you know, can be a, you know, a pretty good reason to go to hospital. Um, but I, th I, th I think sort of like the analytics on most of these things is it's sort of um, some of it is very accurate, isn't it? And some is a little bit um, patchy. I mean, with sort of, um, you know, when, when I sort of like talk about tech, it's also, I suppose, the power of now and how instantaneous um, a lot of the information is, but also a lot of the uh, services um, that we sort of see, like, um, you know, when looking towards, you know, the future, things like subscription services for food and stuff like that, mm. you know, a, you know, just on that level of, um, you know, slightly, you know, a bit too expensive, I guess, for, you know, the average person, but for the very disciplined or the person who wants to take that thought process out of their um well out of their day out of their week you know you can effectively have your food delivered to your doorstep can't you now so um... i think i think but i'll address both of those first firstly accuracy uh, isn't that important to most people it's about validity and reliability of the data and what i mean by that is you know you look at your your phone or your watch and it says you've done six thousand steps and the person walking next to you with a similar stride length, it says they've done 8,000. And you think, oh, this is rubbish because it's not accurate. It's actually irrelevant because it's you versus you. So on one day, if, you, if it says you've done 8,000, the next day you've done 6,000, that's the important thing. It's mm -hmm. how reliable and valid is it you versus you as opposed to what actually happened. And that's a good point, I think, which needs to be made. Uh, people say how accurate is the metric being measured but how useful is it to you that's that's the key the key factor here and also the most important thing when it comes to exercise adherence is consistency um i say so the most important thing when it comes to exercise effectiveness is adherence i.e getting it done regularly and if the data that you're tracking encourages you to get it done more regularly uh, if it gives you a boost to, it can show you that you're progressing then absolutely it's a positive thing. Uh, Strava uh, is an app which a lot of people are on now start for cycling. You can do it for multiple sports now. Uh, and that is extremely motivating because you can see how you're doing you versus you. You can see how you're doing versus lots of people on a segment of a run or a race uh, or a ride. And it's just, it's very powerful. And anyone who hasn't downloaded that app who's getting out there regularly, I'd encourage you to have a look at that because there are so many people users on there that you can actually see, you know, pretty much any segment anywhere and see how someone else has done it and compare yourself if you want to. And of course you can pay yourself versus yourself.
which is more important. Um, the food delivery thing uh, as an app, I found very useful um, a few years ago. And I, I picked a food delivery company where they deliver the ingredients to your house and you can just literally take out the ingredients, follow the very simple instructions and Bosch, you can have a meal. And what it did is it in increased the repertoire of foods we have in our house um, massively in a very short space of time and encourage a bit of creativity um, and improvisation. So again, you can do it for a short period of time, you can do it forever, can get expensive. Uh, but that's, I think that's a, a really good thing. Lots of people, when they go to the supermarket or order online, they end up getting the same things, you know, and that can lead to boredom, that can lead to frustration. Um, but something like a food delivery service, just to sort of spark a bit of, you know, innovation and newness and, you know, just give you a bit of a boost, I think can be a really, really good thing. So that's an app, which I think is very useful. I'll give them a plug. Uh, I won't, won't do that. We said we won't do that. So, so there you go. Find one. Wait, we'll, we'll wait till we've got millions of listeners and viewers till we start, you know, selling out. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's make, yeah. <laughs> sell, sell, out sell out later, shall we? Yeah, we'll get um, paid for it. <laughs> I, I think the interesting thing with sort of like a lot of these things is, you know, the way that I look at sort of tech is if it makes it, you know, does it make it, you know, there's, there's got to be, it's got to be easier or it's got to be more efficient and there's got to be value in it. And they're the sort of like the big markers. If you can solve a problem that people have, e.g. time, then, you know, say food, you know, food subscription or delivery, you know, does that you know fantastically it's quite hard isn't it with sort of like i suppose health markers to sort of you know like you know how can i put it um you know there still has to be an element of doing the work even if you have got your analytics and your you know your apps tracking or whatever stuff like that you know and it sort of like creates almost like an obsession with more a lot of the time with the way a lot of the models are set up around sort of activity aren't they do you know what i mean it's sort of um mm -hmm. You know, where do you go once you've done 10,000, what, 10,001, 11,000? You know, it's sort of, um, I think it can sort of, you know, you know, ultimately down the line, it's like, where's gonna, where's the bigger picture going to go, isn't it? Do you know what I mean, with a lot of these things. And this is sort of like leads into sort of one of the next questions is, you know, really, are there any sort of like false dawns with certain things at the moment um, that you've seen, you know, with the, the, the tech of, you know, like, if you like where things are at the moment? Uh, everything is again it's valid and it's you say false dawn a false dawn to me is something which is uh, it claims it's going to really improve someone's health and their gain their gains so a false dawn for me and you can shoot me down for this if you want you might not agree we haven't discussed this one but it was the uh the genetics one which uh you'd send off your saliva and your I think it was just saliva actually, and they'd send you back your genetic profile, which would inform you which type of exercise you need to be doing to get to your goal quicker. Um, and they were dealing with what I call the tiny top bit at the top of the pyramid uh, for a goal. And if you think of a pyramid uh, and the bottom layer, the huge layer, it's a stuff which if you do these things it will make a massive difference to your goals. Then you've got the next layer up, then you've got the next layer up, then you've got the next layer up. And then right at the top, the stuff which really, really doesn't matter that much unless you're at the elite level, that's where this genetic profiling based on um, you know, your spit, that's where that comes in. So most people uh, that are listening to this and most people who are 
you know, send off their, their saliva are looking to get to a goal which would be far better addressed by doing some really simple things really well and really consistently as opposed to saying right I think you should adjust this tiny portion of your training to get a 0.1% better result um, for your It's interesting with, with, with stuff like that isn't it that sort of like on a profile you might have you know some accurate stuff around you know uh, maybe genetic dispositions to certain conditions or illnesses but what i've sort of seen from the reports that i've seen is the you know we've, we've got this environmental effect anyway on genetics which um you know is you know we're not really sure of the influence so we've got the elements of the bits that we do know and the bits that we don't know. But really, when it comes down to personalising exercise and nutrition down to genetics, I don't think the tech's really there at the moment. But I tell you what, when the tech is there, you know, which you may guess, you know, sort of almost having like a blueprint for your own body, which, you know, in essence, DNA is. And, you know, I think this is going to be some time off. I will be the first person running through the door because I, I think that stuff is incredibly interesting. But at the same time, your, you know, your environment, what you do, how you do it, you know, you know, environmental factors do, you know, do change your genetics as well. So, you know, again, you know, sort of like from the people I've spoken to, the, the training programs they were always rec recommended to do was exactly the opposite to what they were doing, because this is what was being, you know, <laughs> this is what was being picked up in the um, assessments. Um, oh, this always used to make me... Uh raise an eyebrow when you get two people who had let's just say the same goal of uh they want to get a bit leaner they want to get a bit fitter and stronger they send off their dna and the results will come back and it will tell them that based on their dna this person would respond better to a longer form of cardio and the next person would re respond better to a, a shorter intense form of cardio and if you did that you know it would be better for you but it was almost speaking to what they were genetically predisposed to do as if mm. you were talking to a five-year-old who has decided they want to do the Olympics in 15 years' time, and should they be training to be a sprinter or training to be, you know, a marathon runner? Okay, to that five-year-old, the information might be useful, but to these people who are standing there in front of you uh, with similar physique who are deciding that they want to lose a bit of fat, well, our, 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 I'm afraid our programming, uh, based on what was in that spit tube, Mm. So there's a word for that. I just can't think of what it is right now. Um, their, their programming is not going to dramatically change based on the results of that. And if you think that the results will be dramatically different, one person to the other, based on that, then it's a little bit delusional at this stage because we know that the science isn't there and the science isn't, that, isn't good enough for that. And we also know that if both of these people were adhering to what was prescribed you know, a little bit better, it would make a far bigger difference than tweaking their exercise based on what was in the result of that test. All of these, I mean, I've got so many examples because I've been a trainer for so long about two dudes who came in looking for this test, our road facility. Uh, and these guys, they had a lot of work to do, you know, and I spoke to them and they hadn't followed anything of the, they've been to see lots of people. They hadn't mm. followed anything for longer than two weeks. And it showed in the way they presented in terms of their size, uh, the way they're out of breath when they came down the stairs. And they said they were looking for the optimum program. They think it was mm. really going to get them that extra result. Uh, and obviously I, I took their, their details and I sent it off and I said, okay, based on the results, this is what you need to do. Um, but it, and I told them, but in the meantime, let's get this, these basics done to get us rolling. Obviously, we never heard from them again. You know, even though the results told them what they wanted to hear, 
And I'll bet you anything that three weeks later, uh, they were still in the same position because they hadn't accepted that the thing which was going to get them moving was consistency. It's boring. It's, it's dull. Obviously, I try and jazz it up now because I know what sells, you know. But the truth is, people, most people need to stop looking for that top of the pyramid thing, which is going to get them that extra thing when they haven't done the basics of the bottom of that pyramid. When you've done all that, when you've done all of that and you're looking to really get that extra bit, go there but most people aren't at that level no i'd be really interested in sort of like the take up on sort of like genetic testing at the moment between sort of like men and women i know that sounds daft but i tend to think uh you know you know <laughs> i think uh how, how can i frame this uh nicely i think sometimes guys like to have sort of you know a, a lot of data at their fingertips that's going to basically tell them that yeah if you if you train this way for four weeks you're going to become an olympian do you know what i mean whereas mm. you know their, their ego is sort of like a little bit in the way so they like the science which is maybe going to corroborate what they think they should be doing um yeah. i'd just be really interested to sort of see what the pickup is because um just in yeah it's uh how can i put it I, you know i'd just be interested to put it that way um but yeah it's, it's your confirmation bias as well so yeah sometimes you're looking for something which you know, confirms what you already have been doing. Uh, mm. but, yeah, uh, totally. Really uh, would, would you accept it if it was the opposite of what you were doing, if it meant that you were going to get better results? I've seen it happen where, you know, we do some testing and we find, and we give the advice and people say, nah, I'm just going to carry on benching. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good. You're sort of sat there going like, um, you know, yeah, you, you know, your chest is out here, but, you know, your lower body has got 70% of your muscle mass. Let's, you know, we need to train some lower body but I want a bench before every session. And that's, you know, that's fine. That's fine. You know, no amount of tech is going to change that. <laughs> no, no. Maybe implants. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so um, like what I think is interesting, you know, the state of the nation at the moment, obviously, you know, tech has become a big part uh, with things like on-demand services, um, on-demand workouts, home workouts, um it's sort of like the state of the nation at the moment what what, what do you think needs to be improved uh, first of all, let's let's frame it you know what's impressed you and what hasn't impressed you where, where do you think it needs to go really do you know what i mean uh what's impressed me with yeah uh, well I, I probably should reframe that obviously it's that you know um you know with covid and stuff like that there's been a big emphasis on you know basically home life perhaps um, especially in the uk okay yeah um, everything being shut um you know you know a lot more services I've, I've seen people go from you know tiny followings to having their own customized apps and yeah you know like people that you know have been you know getting you know live streaming youtube workouts and things like that what, what's impressed you and uh what, yeah. what's impressed me is is people's ability to innovate and uh, people's resilience in the face of um, overwhelming challenge. You know, you had people, I mean, I, I, I started online training in 2017 um, when I left a former company. And, you know, it was people looked at me like I was crazy because uh, it was pre-pandemic. Uh, but what's really impressed me is a number of trainers who've managed to actually turn what they do into something which can help people who are nowhere near them physically. Uh, and what's impressed me even more is people's willingness to actually get involved with that. Um, I mean, the, the most obvious one is PE with Joe. You know, the people which willing to, they know their kids aren't going to get the movement they've been missing from school. Um, uh, this fella Joe is going to go on TV uh, every day or most days 
and do something which is going to get them moving and add a bit of movement into their life. And people embraced it, you know, with both hands and really it became a regular thing. So that, that's, that's hugely impressive. People have, you know, people, lots of people are doing park run and park run suddenly disappeared. Uh, someone mentioned that the uptake in Couch to 5K as an app went through the roof and people just taking responsibility and saying, I'm not going to accept that I'm going to put on three stone and become sedentary just because I'm not allowed out of the house because Boris said so. You know, it's like finding, searching for someone who can help them online. Um, people building massive, massive followings on, on social media, people, you know, you know, just, you know, just looking for things which can help them and getting started and getting moving. And it's almost the opposite of what we were just talking about. People saying, I'll just, I just want to do something, anything for a positive result rather than looking for the best thing or, you know, it's like saying, yeah, what can I do to help me in this situation? That's been the most impressive thing is people's willingness to get moving despite the fact that all the things have pointed towards staying still. Mm. It's a bit like um, someone described it to me as the um, the best, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, the best worst case scenario type of thing. <laughs> that okay, if I'm not going to be able to do this in person, what's going to be, you know, what's my option now? Yeah. And what a large, I think, a large number of people realise is well, actually, you know, well, specifically the people that I work with, you know, was accountability was important, and then they had to sort of almost rebuild their habits because the environment of where they're exercising has changed because they're at home, the mm. kit that they've got, so the program has to change a little bit. But it was almost like a simplification of bringing the program program back to basics and sort of saying, right, let's go here. I think that at the same time, sort of during you know during obviously you know these lockdown periods other people really needed their focus absolutely narrowed and you know taking on exercise or a changing habit you know wasn't for them their home life isn't set up for it or maybe their habits haven't been uh, strong enough um do you think the move to sort of like home exercise um and things like that is permanent with like things like um obviously Peloton are, you know, pouring money into their ads, you know, um, home cycling. Um, uh, yeah, Pel yeah, Peloton is like here that. to stay. Um, but that doesn't mean that spin classes uh, aren't going to be just as popular um, when, when, when they reopen. Uh, Peloton had a boost in their uptake because people weren't able to do spin classes and people aren't going to sort of flog their Peloton bikes just because they can go to spin class again. There'll be both. Uh, they'll be both. The, the thing about spin class is it's, it's, it's a real live <laughs> community. Uh, you go there and you're surrounded by other people. You know, <laughs> there's a big community aspect of, of, of exercising and training, which Peloton, you know, virtually replicates, but it's just not the same. You know, I, I still do the occasional Zoom uh, PT session, but it's not the same as being in the same room. It's pretty good, man. And I would say that, but it's not quite the same as being in the same room. So yes, Peloton is here to stay. Uh, yes, uh, training with online trainers is here to stay. Uh, training at home is here to stay, but gyms are gonna come back stronger than ever uh, in a couple of weeks and spin classes are gonna be packed uh, in a few weeks time as well. Uh, make no mistake about it. And so they are here to stay, but not at the detriment of all of the other stuff. Mm, I think it's sort of like, um... When, when you spoke about Joe Wicks or Peloton, people believe you have to be either, you know, I always find fitness really polarizing that yeah. you know, pe people think you're either for Joe Wicks or against it or for Peloton or, you know, against sort of Peloton. And the way sort of I described this to someone before is that 
I've probably got crossover with sort of like Joe Wicks of maybe stylistically, what, 10% of our sessions might be similar to that style of training. Doesn't mean it's any, you know, it's just a different method of uh, training people. Mm. Um, you know, you know, if I had to sort of, you know, if you had to sort of judge the whole volume of content. And same with, um, you know, Peloton, you know, a spin class is an organized interval training session or aerobic training, however, which way you look at it. Mm. Um, so you don't have to be for or against it. I think the things that, you know, um, a lot of the online stuff, you know, that, they really, really want to hammer this home. And, you know, perhaps this is also, you know, part of the future of fitness is um, community and the social element. And just me personally, I think you get can get so much out of that online, but in person, um, I think there's a bigger, uh, bigger dynamic uh, to play, which um, I think you're sort of going to also see in sort of like people's return to work, you know, people are saying the office is dead. Well, it's not dead. It's just, you know, that people can work at home and they can work at the office. But I think if I was in my 20s, you know, you know, 10 years ago ish, um, <laughs> you know, you, you wouldn't want to be working from home all the time. Yet, you know, working from home can be really, really useful for family life and things like that, can't it? So but this this is yeah. a thing where you, know, you, you speak to a headline writer, a uh, journalist and uh, they, they ask the question and, and they want a strong response one way or the other and they'll pick an expert who will give them arguments strongly to both uh, both sides and they want a polarizing argument because it's interesting and, and it, sell, it sells papers but the truth is uh, not everybody wants the same thing uh, there are some people who don't want to go to a gym ever uh, who don't want to go to spin class ever for a number of reasons but they still want uh, a tinge of that community and that's and peloton uh, is great for that. Peloton existed before the pandemic. Uh, you know, I had a couple of clients who owned a Peloton bike, and they were doing that. Uh, yeah, they didn't want to go to spin class for their own reasons. And I want, you know, I can tell you some reasons, not necessarily theirs, um, in terms of time, in terms of uh, hygiene, in terms of you know perceived uh, safety. Lots of reasons why people might not want to go to an actual physical community spin class. Just like there are lots of people reasons why people might prefer to work out in a in their own gym at home or with their own equipment at home rather than go to facility. And of course, there are loads of reasons why people do the opposite and and crave a spin class and can't bear the thought of Peloton because it's just them in the room. So, you know, the big the market is huge. There's something for everybody. And some people will prefer to work from home. A lot of people were craving to get back to the office. And there's a massive swathe of people who want a bit of both worlds. Mm. And the fact that online training now exists, the fact that you know organized community-based home equipment exists means that there's gonna be, there's more to cater for lots of people who want different things. It's okay mm. to, to say that actually both were right. One isn't wrong, one isn't right. And people do have different needs and wants. And as someone in the fitness industry, um, you know, I think it's it pays to be aware, even if you have a strong belief one way or the other, it pays to be open-minded enough to say that that is someone's truth and that's where they are. Let's meet them there and provide, provide for them. You know, the service mm. I offer with my online training isn't for everybody, but the people who like it, love it. And they're getting results which they wouldn't have got had the service not existed yeah i think it's yeah, as you sort of say it's a question of value of what's going to be important to people in the future if you know if uh, you like the social management or indeed the accountability because you know i know people who have sold their peloton bikes because it, it didn't keep them accountable enough 
because it's not for them and that's the all the right they can you know, step right. away isn't it you know it's i think that's the thing that it's harder to it's harder to hide when say something's live or something's face to face but then doesn't mean that everything has to you know even with um sort of like your general exercise classes there are a lot of resources out there um that people can tap into you know for free but they were there most of them were there before you know youtube style workouts and things like that um you know they're, they're all there whether it's yoga pilates it's all you know online um you know whether it's personalized whether it's the expertise that you want but not everyone will want that will they you know not everyone wants to feel accountable as well i think that's important to sort of you know remember isn't it sometimes people just want to move at their own pace they don't want someone telling them what to do um, you know that's cool and, too now, some people yeah. have like, intrinsic motivation and don't need the accountability, but uh, most people do need some form uh, of accountability uh, and it helps them along, helps them stay consistent. And that's the, the main thing here. What's going to, what mm. system are you going to have in place which helps you to get that thing done regularly? And if, yeah. you know, having, if a peloton doesn't work for you, that's fine. That doesn't mean it's rubbish. There are plenty of people who give you both arguments opposing. So you've got to find what works for you. Uh, and that which actually makes it more likely to happen that's the kicker that's yeah. the kicker mm. what well, um you know again I'm, I'm i'm going off the uh the podcast notes uh now um if if there was you know a few things that you'd like to see in the future what would they be do you know what i mean what, what do you think would help first of all help you do your job or you know what do you think would be really helpful for clients do you know what i mean or you know how would you sort of you know I'm putting you on the spot here massively yeah man yeah, yeah. what would i like to see are you see like fast forward x years to invent some tech which would really help people out mm. yeah or you know sort of like you know just things that could go into place and i mean because i sometimes sort of sit there and think you know like when we're doing like shopping online um you know which you know i think online shopping is sort of the biggest change to the way that people you know spend you know a, 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 like a set amount of leisure time that there's ever been and um obviously uh the current uh pandemic has you know seen that growth um and you know what i think it does it takes people out of the supermarket allows them to perhaps make better choices because uh, they may not be hungry or they may not have offers punching them in the face sort of saying it's mm -hmm. like you know three for two and stuff like that or it's you know set up in a certain way that um, from a psychological standpoint, um, it might not, I don't want to say trick you because that sounds dishonest. It may not manipulate you. That's better. That's even more, that makes it sound even worse um, mm -hmm. to buy, you know, more of something or less of something, you know, or whatever. Um, and, you know, I've always looked at that and think, well, you know, what if your shopping was actually almost curated to uh, your needs or there was the ability to, you know, I've seen it before. I think sort of uh, one of the major supermarkets almost sold like um like the delivery services sold everything in a sort of like a bag or a tray and you know it's like make this meal and i was just like well you could have actually walked around that supermarket and bought it or it was in that one place where you could have just picked it up and i thought you know if i was in the supermarket i think i'd prefer to do that eight times you know just sort of like be like you know our green thai curry da, 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 you know all done do you know what I mean? you know so again you know when you when you come back to sort of what i was saying earlier about making it easier um, or more efficient or saving you time, um, you know, or even saving you money, which is, you know, I know, you know, budget is very important when people shopping. If it came out as the same money and it saved you time, I think it's a no, you know, it's an easy, it's an easy win, isn't it? Do you mm. sort of see what I mean? 
I've yeah. given you more than enough thinking time now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute legend. Absolute legend. Right. Um, I just, you've got me there because all of the things which I thought of in that time you were given your uh, soliloquy, I, uh, they already happen. So uh, you're asking me to innovate something which doesn't exist now, which could exist in the future and I'm, it just leads me to think of star trek uh and scanning machines in people's houses which actually give them a 3d image of themselves um which they can have because at the moment you know what i want is honest accountability i think that would really help people out and of course we do that anyway because you know i get people to do uh, measurements of themselves and do photos of themselves not for before or after purposes just so they can see themselves and you know get on the scales as well um so something which could actually show their progress coming down not it, just based on weight or it exists there you go I've seen it, man. I've seen it. yeah yeah um, <laughs> um i'm not talking about a dexa scan by the way i'm talking i've, I've imagined no, not, it yeah, it's, um, image. you stand on the middle when this thing goes around you it scans you and then sort of like basically gives you a printout of you and um yeah it, it sort of it is pretty i, I think it's probably a more useful way than a body comp aid for the everyday person because it's sort yeah. of you know I, I weighed up whether we buy one in the facility but I'm you know I, I then go and buy another squat rack or you know <laughs> what's, what's useful to people yeah um, you know tech, yeah in terms of tech it, I just think of ways to streamline you know what do people really want in palm and hand they want, want something which is going to you know tell them what to eat exactly but that's mm. like a meal plan and that's not going to help you learn what's good for you so no mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a case of someone wants something to help them be accountable and get out of bed and, and get their workout done but you know i already do that how do you automate it better i could automate yeah. it better um i think we're in a good place basically my short answer is let's do the things which really help people but do them slightly better everything at the moment is there for the vast majority of people to get to their goals in terms of we can have automatic accountability we can have in-person accountability coming to help you out and to to motivate you along we can uh, track your progress with more than just your weight we can do that we can automate it all of this exists in the app that i'm using with my clients that's what i'm trying to say no yeah, to i know what you mean but we, yeah but we do it we do it all but in terms of what better tech can we invent to help people out um I mean, you call me, this is why there are people smarter than me who are inventing this stuff and I just uh, take it and, and pick the best bits and use it to help people. But you need to ask I think one, one thing that I sort of, you know, and it probably starts with now that, you know, obviously, um, you know, sort of being in, you know, the, the fitness industry, I think, you know, sort of the amount of um, people who get qualified than the amount of BS that we have for, for stuff that, um you know should be better regulated now i'm quite liberal when it comes to people can do what they want to their own bodies but when you're actually lying about it or using really fluffy science i think regulation is a really important thing in the future because you know how can i put it um education can sometimes you know education doesn't really start well it doesn't really get going does it with nutrition at school um yeah, and that, that you know looking at you know, and with, with sort of like the the barrier to entry of the fitness industry is incredibly low um, to, you know, start practicing. Most of the qualifications are, you know, pretty basic, um, which, you know, sort of, you know, you have to start somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
but you know perhaps that's you know because it reflects the industry and the average pay and stuff like that that you know you need a low barrier but i think um sort of education is all out there isn't it but the delivery of education and you know sort of needs to um in my mind um improve um perhaps even sort of like down to the point of sort of like you know some sort you know i don't know better regulation of uh food but then you're sort of taking the choice out of people's hands and putting it in a regulatory board's hands or like controlling things which people get very finicky about isn't it seemed like denmark you saw things like a sugar tax and stuff like that um whereas you know which i don't necessarily agree with um there's but, better ways of doing it um yeah the, the, the broad question is ed- education so it's a punitive tax to make certain foods more expensive in the hope that people won't buy them. But that's the worst way of going about it because people will still buy them. They won't want not buy that product because it's a bit more expensive because the, the driver to them choosing that product is, you know, more powerful than the extra pennies or euros that you're putting onto that product. So that doesn't work. It's the education as to why a certain food might be better for you and your goals and your health overall and that of your children. In terms of the industry, um, it's a bit, I mean, it it needs better regulation. Um, Education standards vary wildly from courses which are relatively inexpensive but really quite good uh, to courses which are quite expensive and not very good, even at the low bar. But there is no body which actually insists and requires uh, a new trainer to have the very basics of qualification uh, uh, and insurance. And I think that you know th- there should be something which says that you have to be a chartered trainer in this country. Um, there isn't at the moment. Uh, we've, been, we've been talking about this for 20 years. You have the, the level three standard where you have to be level three PT in order to be considered, in order to get insurance. But there's nothing stopping anyone calling themselves a personal trainer without that level three badge. Uh, it's not a protected term. And I think that whatever needs to happen for the term personal trainer to be a, a protected term, um, then uh, would be useful to a lot of people. Most mm. people choose a trainer or facility based on not much informational knowledge. But if you're looking for an accountant, you know to pick a chartered accountant, you know the badges to look for, to know that person knows what they're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. I could list my badges, people wouldn't know what the hell they were. Uh, people, most people listening to this don't know what level three means. They don't know that, you know, they don't know what to look for. They don't know what questions to ask. And I think that could be standardized. And if I was on the governing body or the, is it reps these days? Yeah, I'm sorry. Again, I mean, we like don't even know where, yeah. where, because it's, they're that weak. But it should be, it should be standardised. You should have to have insurance. You should have to have a badge uh, to say that you are actually level three qualified and you have insurance. And I think that what would happen if they came out and said that the likes of me who did a qualification, the original qualification, twenty years ago, and has been conscientious enough to keep making sure that you're doing the continuing education. Uh, credits or units to keep it topped up I would sign up for that and pay my money Mm. and then those who didn't for whatever reason you would know that Mm. they weren't taking them seriously and that would wipe out a lot of the people who you know just you know I generalize on Instagram who have no qualifications at all but happen to be good Nick um, Mm. just 
disseminating information which may or may not be true because they've never done a qualification they don't they haven't bothered to study the human body or or nutrition they're just giving out what's worked for them yeah you might be listening without knowing whether mm. what they're saying is safe or not that, you know one of the biggest marketing employers you know at the you know that i've seen in the last couple of months is you know basically uh, giving people access to your um to a, like an online calorie calculator and it's going to send you back macros and you know it's just so weak do you know what i mean it's there if you want to google it but then you're giving up your data to someone and then they're gonna spam you with emails and then maybe you'll buy something off them it's, it's all like tied into marketing isn't it and sort of you know well money in that sense isn't it you know like when it comes back to it um yeah it's uh you know i think it's an interesting one with the future because i i, I was sort of like you know while you were going off on one as well i think you know um I think sort of, you know, food science is probably going to be the next big sort of, you know, mover because we, we sort of have learned a lot more about how, you know, like, you know, the best training methods and stuff like that. And there's lots of different ways of training. But I remember um, reading an um, a article about the growth of uh, yogurt consumption um, in the 1980s. And it was how they um, rebrand yogurt was something that no one ate. And in the 1980s in this country, they rebranded it as ski yogurts. It had nothing to do with skiing, you know, obviously it's yogurt, um, you know, someone on the slopes uh, going down and how it's sort of almost now, you know, you've got a whole aisle of different yogurts, haven't you? You know, you've got mm. high protein yogurts, you've got fruit yogurts, you know, you know, live bioculture. It's almost like functional foods. Mm. And I think sort of like the movement is in sort of like more innovation, um for sort of you know you know you know for foods that have um the taste but not necessarily the um you know the, the calories um i think that could be sort of like an interesting sort of like area of development because um how can i put it i i always think that when it comes to sort of like food that the the supermarkets don't really have as much social responsibility or the food providers as you know what i think they potentially should have um so that's true that's because they're a business and it's their job to uh to make money and uh you know it's a double-edged thing isn't it you know what i mean it's like i can understand why you know it's, it's not really their fault because it's down to what people do individual but, choice man but it's there they've got a responsibility to to stay in business as well i mean even and i was down at you know tesco yesterday just uh after i picked up litland and you know you still see you know, all the chocolates um, lined up along the checkouts uh, because they're the old, they know that, oh yeah, go on, I'll just have this treat, you know, mm. and it's it's there even today. And, you know, it's, and why wouldn't they? You don't have to pick up the extra chocolate or sweets or crisps mm. as you're standing in line, but they're there for you. Um, mm. And that doesn't make them, you know, socially irresponsible to do that, but it's a, it's a case of, you go dial it back to the education of mm. you know, making people understand actually, how much of that do I need? How much of that do I want? How much of that am I going to be able to have and, and stick to my goals? And how much of that is, is, is okay? Like I said, there's no bad foods, but if you eat a certain amount of certain foods, it's going to push you away from your goals and general health. Um, but supermarkets, they've got a responsibility. It's good marketing for them to say they've got a responsibility to look after everyone's health. But in reality, it's an individual's responsibility to look after their health. Um, and, the supermarkets are only responsibility to put enough stuff out there 
that people you know so that people can have that choice so mm. so yeah so yeah that's all good so right I, I think we're sort of winding things up there i mean we've covered like actually you know for probably one of the uh i think that was probably like our least amount of prep that we've done on something there i so nice one that's all right that's <laughs> good, to, good to freestyle isn't it <laughs> um, yeah. yeah you know so we, you know we've obviously covered apps monitoring and data uh data wearables and things like that and things that can help people um you know sort of in summary uh you know you know i think the future for the fitness industry is going to be interesting because there's you know obviously a greater amount of variation and great amount of choice for people um as always guys if you've got any feedback for the podcast or well video cast if this has all actually worked um, <laughs> um please feel free to come back to us with any questions um or anything that you'd like to be included in uh future episodes um yeah we've had a few sort of uh comments back and that's been actually quite useful because it then uh sort of means that we can channel the uh channel the podcast a little bit more for what people want to hear um brilliant. but cheers brilliant. cheers i nice one today thanks man right. see you soon i'll catch you later bye thank you for listening to today's podcast you can get contact with myself ian mellis um at results fast is my instagram handle or through my own websites www.resultsfast.co.uk or www.ianmellis.com. You can get in contact with IO for Instagram at IO Training Nutrition, as well as his website, www.iotrainingnutrition.com. Um, thank you for listening today. It'd be really helpful if you can leave any comments or any feedback. Also, if you want any topics covered, uh, we can endeavour to look at covering for you. I'm not afraid of